What's up, everybody? Welcome back to NFL Only here on Spark Talk. And today we have our Week 8 recap, midseason awards, and we're also going over some of the trade deadline news. Wyatt, get us going. All right, so kind of like the only trade that really did happen was uh, the keep to lead one. And it was basically to open up cap. I think it was like a four... Uh, was it four four million? Almost like four point two five million that they opened up with trading him. So that just opens up room to trade or to get Jalen Ramsey a contract extension. Mm. And they're just paying money to four people at this point and yeah. three great players and one average player that they're that's holding up like half their salary cap. But I I know he's injured for the year, but like. They they got uh, they traded away a f- uh, a fifth of Miami right mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah I don't know what the, the even they haven't like made public of what the picks are yet for it, but I'm assuming there's probably like a fourth rounder or something or a fifth rounder they just swap fifth rounders and for a player it seemed like a salary cap dump almost uh, so that was just about the news if you have anything on it uh, not too much I mean yeah. He was on IR. He was so. kind of already. He wasn't already playing, you know, as well as he was capable of, anyways. Uh, I think he's on the downward trajectory of his career. So. Yeah, I think he is. he's he's getting older. He's getting <clears throat> up there in age, uh, in his mid thirties. So, all right. So, we kind of had uh, a little bit of rumblings here. Hopefully, that won't play. Uh, Le'Veon Bell talking, but uh, yeah, we had rumblings here about. Jamal Adams might be might get traded. Uh, Trent Williams, as well. Uh, I think Chris Harris was another one. Uh, Darius Slay. Uh, I think both of those were candidates to maybe go to Philadelphia. Didn't happen. Uh, just for like, I I don't know why. I don't think anything's like been publicly released of why stuff didn't go down. We'll probably get more of that uh, next episode, mm. but. Just yeah, uh, not a lot of stuff happened. Uh, Jamal Adams said uh, he actually tweeted this out, which was surprising. Uh, he tweeted, uh, "Let me see." All right, so at the end of last week, I sat down with GM and Coach Gates and told them I want to be in New York. I, I was told yesterday by my agent that the GM then went behind my back and shot me around two teams, even after I asked him to keep me here. He's a crazy business. So he wants to be a part of this rebuild for the Jets. And for the GM to like do that, it's I, he kind of shopped him. And then supposedly, I think it was, who was it? Uh, I want, I forget what it was. Said uh, he actually, he like eventually wanted to go to uh, Dallas. Uh, Ryan Clark said he wanted to uh, end up in Dallas. Is after all the stuff happened, uh, and obviously it didn't happen. And also uh, with uh, Trent Williams, just uh, I don't know if the Redskins are doing. They could easily get like two first rounders for him, especially with the Cleveland team. Yeah. Or they could get one and maybe like a third or fourth as well. But I just don't know what they're doing. He's reporting back to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh. Probably because he knows this this isn't working. So that's like uh, that's about uh, that's about all that happened really today. It's not much at all. 
pretty pretty funny gif I saw with uh, Carmelo Anthony sitting like in like the fan section because uh, he wasn't playing, mm. uh, and like the ball rolled over to him. He acted like he was going to shoot it, and then he uh, kind of just dropped the ball. I was like, perfectly sums up uh, the trade deadline. Just all talk, and then nothing really happened. Yeah, it, nothing, nothing extremely important happened. So, do you have yeah. any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, not really too much, other than <clears throat> you know, I just think a lot of. You know, a lot of teams are just either afraid to make moves or just realize, like, some of the moves just weren't worth giving up a lot of their draft capital. Um, I think people realize, like, how valuable some of those young talent, um, talented picks can be if you draft well enough. Yeah. And, you know, why trade future assets for maybe somebody better or somebody down the line when you don't have to trade as much? Because, um, like, a Trent Williams trade... Versus the de- trade deadline, you know, it, they could be giving up two first-round picks versus in the offseason, you might only give up one first-round pick. Or you might only give up, a, you know, like the how much it would cost to trade for one of these players will just decrease as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think a lot of teams didn't trade for him. And honestly, a lot of the teams that were thinking about making certain trades, I just don't think had enough anyways to, to pull off anything. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then also, uh, sad bit of news for Andy Dalton. Uh, he got benched on his birthday. Yeah. And, you know, he could have waited a day later. Nah, it's, it's a or a day it's earlier. A it's another day. Okay. Like, if his kid was born, okay. But, yeah, so we'll have Ryan Finley starting for the Bengals, which I like him a lot. I think he's a really good quarterback. Uh, I just want I, I I like this move here because if he plays well, and I think he might play very well, this opens up, I think, more things for uh, Cincinnati to go out to other players besides a Tua or a uh, Justin Hubert mm-hmm. uh, and start looking at offensive line because you're going to get Jonah Williams back next year. Uh, Billy Price, if he can stay healthy, a uh, pretty good player. Uh, Bengals can focus on all those other players. Uh, Things that they don't need or that they need a little bit more than a quarterback. I think he'll, Myron family will be fine, but we'll get more of that into like the predictions and everything. So we'll get we'll get to our week eight recap here, and then after week eight, we'll get to our uh, half season awards. So mid season awards, same thing. Just mid season sounds better. Oh, I call it half season. <laughs> so uh, we'll get to our first game. We only get uh, five games. There wasn't a lot of. Great games out there this week, but uh, we had a couple of them, and or a couple important ones. So, Denver at Indianapolis is the first game we're going to talk about here. And, yeah, hard-fought defensive battle. Uh, Adam Venteri almost lost them the game again. Yeah. But uh, he pulled through when they, when they needed him the most, and nailed a, what was it, a 51-yard field, 51-yard field goal. Yeah, so he still got the range. Uh, made a 55-yard, the longest since, like, I think Patriots days. Nah, uh, he he definitely made a 55-plus yarder for y'all. Nah, as longest in his career was... Like, 58. Is it 58? 58, 59. Yeah, I think like 57. Yeah, well, that happens when you play for two great dynasties. Or not dynasties, you play for two great, uh... Uh... Come on, the top of my head. 
Franchises? Franchise, there we go. Uh, I was about to say companies, but that's the same thing technically too, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens when you have, when you play with two of the best quarterbacks of all time, and then you have probably a Hall of Fame quarterback if he doesn't get injured, and we don't know where he would be up there in that list if he, uh, he didn't retire with Andrew Luck, and then you have Jacoby Brissett, who's just balling out there, so yeah, he doesn't really have to kick a long field goals, but he's still... <clears throat> A hall, one of the very few Hall of Fame special teams players out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, my takeaways from this game are simply that the Colts are a team that can win in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, they can do a lot of different things. They're very versatile. They have a lot of depth. Uh, what does concern me is their secondary. I mean, it's just what we've been talking about. I think consistently for this team, mm-hmm. Rocky Sin had. Probably I want to say like five, six penalties against him. His worst game. Uh, either holding or passing interference. I mean, it was it was pretty he's awful. A, he's a physical receiver, <clears throat> and it honestly probably depends on what the ref. What and it depends on the ref. Yeah, I mean, true, but still, like, just don't grab. Like, don't do stupid stuff. A lot of the stuff he was doing was very avoidable. He was just choosing to do it instead of instead of to play within the rules and. Mm-hmm. To, I mean, which I understand it's hard to play defense in the NFL nowadays. But, I mean, it's still, what was it like? It was like six penalties. Yeah. It's unacceptable. Um, so I think a lot of that thing, those need those types of things need to be cleaned up for the Colts to be a legit contender. But right now they're looking like a playoff team. Jacob Brissett, you know, didn't play necessarily mm-hmm. um, super great throughout the game. Uh, the offense couldn't really find a rhythm until that third quarter hit. They started going and uh, looking kind of like what we're used to seeing with the Colts. And then, of course, you know, Jacob Brissett just has a great ability to shed people off and break tackles in the pocket mm-hmm. um, and make some and extend plays, which, you know, people don't really, I guess people just act like he can't or think that he's, like, unathletic or something. Uh, but, I mean, breaking a sack of Von Miller, who is a sh- for sure sack, like, literally 99% of the time, mm-hmm. um, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Making a, a dime of a pass yes. to T.Y. on the sideline. Amazing. Uh, a great catch he by shows, T.Y. He's been so. shown that he's uh, clutch. He can be very clutch. Yeah. Uh, I think it's crazy that people <clears throat> don't look at, like, the on-field stuff before the season. They don't look at, like, what he did on the field. They don't look at, like, what was around him. He getting sa- him getting sacked the most when he started that year. Uh, they only look at the wins and the production. They don't look at the team around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't basketball. This isn't hockey. This isn't soccer. One person can't win you games. One person can win you games in those. Uh, maybe not hockey, but in soccer and uh, basketball, I've seen one people one person just dominate the game. And uh, in football, it doesn't happen like that. You can have a Tom Brady back there, but if you have an 0-16 Browns team around him, that team's going to get four or five wins. He's going to win four or five games for him, but the rest of the team's just going to fall flat most of the time. Mm-hmm. He's having, He has a team around him now, and he's showing out, and he's proven all of the doubters wrong, and I think this is a season where we'll start to see like future stars of this league. Uh, because they're old, because the stars now are getting older. You got Tom Brady, you got Drew Brees, uh, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger on the tail ends of their careers. 
it's time for new stars to step up. You got Lamar stepping in there. Russell Wilson's been been there, but he can take like the next step. And I think that's what he's doing right now. He's in the MVP race right now. Uh, you got those type of players like Jacoby Brissett moving up, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. They're moving up there. Where I think this is a season of see who the next uh, the new phases of the league are and what what teams are going to be, be consistently in that Super Bowl chase for the next 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to the game, amazing defense performance, though, by uh, Denver. Denver, not, I don't think it's more on Vangio than anything because Vangio's not calling the offense, obviously. It's on the OC. It's on the OC uh, with this play calling, this play calling just hasn't been in particularly well. You have Joe Flacco calling him out in the press conference. Uh, and obviously Joe Flacco's injured, has a herniated disc. I don't know if anybody's heard about that, but he's out the five to six weeks. So we'll see Drew Locke in there next week if you're a Denver fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it, great. like you said, great win by Indianapolis here. Tough win. Playoff teams need to win games like this, and they did. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to... Probably two playoff teams, mainly one, I think, in Buffalo because they got an easy schedule. But, gosh, uh, does Buffalo have some issues on offense? Is this Philadelphia at Buffalo? Buffalo has some issues on offense. Uh, Honestly, I want to say it's more – they call a good amount of design run plays with Josh Allen. And they're not little, and they're not read options to where like he can get to the outside and slide or run out of bounds. They're, oh, I want you to be a uh, power running back, Mike Allstott, and run up the middle type of design run plays. And I, it's, I think it's getting, I think it's wearing him down a little bit throughout the game. And then he tends to miss so many throws later in the game that he's hitting earlier in the game. Mm. I've tend to see that. Uh, I haven't watched every Bills game, but throughout the highlights, you can tell that he's being crisp on some of his passes earlier in the game. But when that when the later in the game starts, like it starts to deteriorate a little bit. His accuracy does, mm. or that's from fatigue, or him just getting hit a lot. He just uh, bruised up and banged up uh, throughout the course of the game. Uh, but I'll say, is Philadelphia? I think found their identity, or if they, I think. They found their identity. Uh, they should have found this last year. When you, when they run the football, they're the best team in the league, in my mm. opinion. When they run the football. Uh, this is one of the best defenses in the league. They had 218 yards. Jordan Howard had 96 and a touchdown. Miles Sanders only had three carries, but he had 74 yards. Uh, Carson Wentz did some stuff with his feet. He had uh, 35 yards. When they, get the, when they ground and pound, they're virtually unstoppable. They really are, uh, because then you can have a drop by Nelson Aguilar, because it'd be second and five, and then you can have a third and five and throw it to Alshon, throw it to Zach Ertz, uh, and complete that third and five. Run game is very important to, especially to a team like Philadelphia, mm-hmm. that do a lot of stuff off of play action. Like you'll see Philadelphia in the middle of the game, they'll throw up like three or four straight times and then pull in a play action play there, and you're just like, why are they doing a play action play? Mm-hmm. Like they haven't run the ball in like probably like 15 minutes of real time while you're doing a play-action play, but a lot of this stuff is predicated off of play-action. Uh, very similar to what the Rams do, when, but when they can't run the football, they, can't, they don't do much on offense. Uh, mm. But they, I think they started clicking. I think they found their identity in this game. Just ground and pound with ground and pound running backs. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think you know the Eagles are one of those teams that are just very hot and cold. It's every week. It's yeah. You see one Philadelphia team, and then the next week you see the uh, the other version of who they are. Mm-hmm. And this week you saw a version who uh, is capable of putting up points and being very efficient against arguably the best defense in football, mm-hmm. um, if not second or third best in football. Yeah, the Bills have a lot of issues on offense. That's kind of been the the whole issue they, I think most people have had with them all season, as far as like not really taking them super serious as a as a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. If you had a if you had a just an efficient offense, not even an offense that puts up forty points a game, but like someone that can put up, you know, twenty five points a game, this team would be a legitimate Super Bowl contender because of how special that defense is. But that offense, in my opinion, just can't go blow to blow if their defense is having a day. Like, their defense yeah. has to be on point every single game. And if not, they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's just, yeah. you know, the Bills are who they are. They're, they're, they're a physical team. They're going to play great defense. And, you know, they're not going to really put up a lot of points. And, yeah. if you can, and if you can manage to put up 20 points against this team, um, against that defense, you more than likely will win. Because mm-hmm. for them, like I mean, like you mentioned, it's just it's very scarce of them to like really score in bunches. Yeah, they just don't do that well. Yeah. So uh, we'll move on to uh, it's kind of a blowout game, but I think it's an important game. Uh, Carolina at San Francisco. Yeah. Now, why I say like this is important is because this proves. San Francisco is a legit Super Bowl contending team and maybe possible Super Bowl winner team. Mm. Uh, you don't blow out a defense like this. And a team that's clicking on all cylinders. Yes, yes, Carolina's come off a bye week, I want to say. Mm. Uh, let me see, uh, double check it here. Uh, yeah, coming off a bye week. Uh, May have a little bit of jet lag still. I don't know. It's two weeks. I don't know how jet lag works for some people. I know some people, you know, like they don't get affected by jet lag as much. Some people, it takes a little bit longer to. Uh, maybe the, that's the case for Kyle Allen or something because he had probably his worst game of his uh, short NFL career. Yeah. Uh, but that's no slack on him. This defense is a top three defense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you put New England, Buffalo, and then. I uh, put San Francisco up there, and then you can have Baltimore, Chicago in that mix. Uh, this defense is legit, and it allows for Jimmy G to have mistakes. It allows for this offense to have mistakes at times, like they were earlier in the year. Now we're and now we're seeing that when they're clicking on all cylinders, there's no way of stopping them. They're mm-hmm. not going to let you score. Uh, Jimmy G, I was watch, I was watching rewatching the highlights of the game. And he reminds me of uh, Rajon Rondo uh, a little bit. He's not the best scorer. Like, he doesn't – Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the best pass sometimes. He makes mistakes. But his vision, like him reading the field and finding the open receiver, is unbelievable. And uh, just like uh, Rondo for the Celtics, great passer. Just, you know, like he'll have those easy plays and he just uh, misses them. But when – but he can just pass all over the field and over the court. And Jimmy G's the same way. He can pass all over the field. He knows how to read defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, just watching him read through his progressions, find the open man. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing to see if you're a San Francisco fan because he'll miss those open people sometimes. 
Because it's accurate. I still don't know where his accuracy is at at the moment. Like, I think Kyle Shanahan's hiding it a little bit at times with what he's, what he's calling. Cause, but he, the way he reads, but at least he knows how to read. And I think that's going to help him out until he can get his accuracy back. Because he was pretty accurate when he was with New England and then that first year mm-hmm. with uh, San Francisco. But when and until he fully heals from that torn ACL, mm. his him being able to read defenses is going to help a lot, and it's proven this year. That's why they're 8-0. Uh, also, Kyle Shanahan may be coach of the year. I'm not sure yet, but... Uh, this team, I think, might win the Super Bowl this year. That's all I'm going to say. I think they might win the Super Bowl this year. I don't, I don't know who's going to stop them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Kyle Shannon is just doing an unbelievable job with this team. I mean, the way he's yeah. scheming this offense, the way he has this running game going, um, just the different things he does in the run game that a lot of people just don't even think about doing on a week-to-week basis. Um I mean, as I saw side up there, seven of their rushing touchdowns this year, um, the running back has not even been touched on them. And yeah. that, to me, that just goes down to exactly the way it was schemed, drawn up against that look, against that defense for that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Shannon is just <clears throat> incredibly smart. I feel like he's super driven to yeah. really ma- to prove people that he is a legit head coach in the NFL. His yeah. first year, obviously, they were buying time. They weren't good. That was an obvious bad year. Last year, Jimmy G gets hurt. This year, he's got a team, and he's proven that he can lead these guys. He can draw up the plays, scheme up the things, mm-hmm. and destroy defenses. And like you said, even a good defense like this from Carolina, who is, you know, what, an easily top 10 defense in the league. Yeah. Uh, Somebody, a team that can turn the ball over, that's yeah. got, that just plays really sound, good football. That's one of the best players in general, and Luke Keekley on the field. Yeah. And an up-and-coming star in Brian Burns. Yeah. That's I a mean, legit defense, and they just shredded them. Like, Jimmy G was able oh yeah. to shred them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, what they did in the Ryan game, like you said, the Ryan game, uh, 232 yards, sets up everything. Mm-hmm. Running it. If you can get a running game going, I don't care who you are. If you can get the running game going, uh, it, you'll be unstoppable. Because yeah, if you have I, a quarterback that can just dish it out to everybody and yeah. is able to read a defense like Jimmy, uh, like Jimmy G, it can't be stopped. That's what Tom Brady did in yeah. his early years. Yeah, I mean, and I think Kyle Shanahan realizes like who uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is. Mm-hmm. He's not Aaron Rodgers. No. He's not. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He's not any of those guys. He's not Tom Brady, no. right? He's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy that can. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah, like he's capable of doing that. Yeah, well, I mean he is technically a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But he's he's a backup. He now. is capable though of being a starter on a team that wins a Super Bowl. Because like you said, I mean he reads well. Yes, his his ball is not always pretty. Yes, yeah. he makes dumb mistakes from time to time. But he's usually very smart. Yeah. With the decisions he makes, he's usually like you said. He, he reads the defense. He's just he just gets it to the open guy. He just yeah. he acts like a point guard. I mean, like yeah. you know, like you compare him to Rondo. He acts like a point guard. Yeah, he's just gonna feed it to whoever's open. He's not really gonna worry about putting up the biggest stats. He's just gonna try to help him win football games. If they run the football like this and their defense continues to play like this, uh, I agree with you. I mean, this is this team is going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, and burying any type of second half collapse of the season or in a crazy, you know, crucial injury that happens to somebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, This team is for real. 
Yeah. And, you know, and with Carolina, it goes back to Kyle Allen just, you know, that being he's a backup, young. man, and Boy, he's young, and yeah. they don't, he's not, they don't give him the full reins to the playbook like they would at Cam Newton. There's a lot of uh, like that. coral routes and uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, spot it's, throws where he's not throwing to a receiver, he's throwing to a spot, yeah. and hopefully the receiver gets there. Like the interception of Richard Sherman, he's throwing it to a spot. He's not throwing it to, I think it was Curtis Samuel there. Mm. He's not throwing to him. He's yeah. going to that spot there, and that's what you get with when you have backup quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of what they're doing is not yeah. It's not anything that, like, you're like, man, this is groundbreaking. It's very simple. It's very, like, hey, let Christian win the game for us. You just don't lose the game. Yeah. And when they get in a situation where he has to step up, you know, like we've said, he's, he's not – he's nothing special. Mm-hmm. So he's not – he doesn't have the ability to step up when they need him to. Mm-hmm. And – to me, this really does hurt the Carolina Panthers' uh, chances of being like a legit contender for any yeah. type of um, Super Bowl. I mean, I think they'll be a playoff team as long as they continue to play the way they've been, which I expect them to. But against these um, top-tier teams, I just don't see them matching up uh, if they if they don't allow Kyle Allen to continue to grow and do more things within the offense. But I just don't know if he's capable of it. Yeah. Uh, like I think the most important game is the bounce-back game for quarterbacks in this mm. league. How are you going to prevail in your first chance to bounce back? And we'll see how he does. Uh, they got uh, tit- the Titans this week at home, and then they got Green Bay. So he has a tough schedule here. Uh, Cam Newton's able to come back here in a couple weeks. Uh, if they decide to put Cam Newton back in. Uh, but I think this offense is so predicated on Christian McCaffrey that it just so like, it's so easy to stop them, I feel like, sometimes. It's just, <clears throat> if you stop him, you stop this offense. And uh, a lot of his stuff was, like, done after the 49ers were up at, like, 25 or 30 in this mm. game. Uh, it was more garbage time stuff. And they were able to stop them, and that's what scares me about Carolina here. Like, I think they're a playoff team, but if you're stopping Christian McCaffrey, if Kyle Allen's the quarterback and you're stopping Christian McCaffrey, this team's done. Mm. Uh, so we'll move on to Oakland at Tech, uh, Houston. And this is one of the better games of the week. <clears throat> it was Oakland was up from the majority of this game, and then Deshaun Watson had an incredible touchdown pass to put them up. Uh, and they kind of, it was just more kind of like bad luck almost where you had a 50-50 call with uh, Tyrell Williams where he kind of got shoulder tugged while he went to go catch the ball, but it, it wasn't called on the field, but it wasn't enough to reverse it either. Uh, they reversed it into a pass interference call. Mm-hmm. So uh, they didn't get that. And then I think they went for it or went for like a run play on like fourth and one and got stuffed, mm-hmm. I want to say. And that just uh, and it kind of killed all the momentum that they had in that final drive, and then what the and then what Houston was able to do, uh, pick up forty yards in that last drive, they kind of sealed the deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Oh, never mind. No, they punted. I was thinking of the Tampa game. My bad. Tampa tried to go forward on fourth and one. When you have those receivers, and then. Oh yeah, up, especially up in that Tennessee defensive line. I don't know what they were doing, but oh, yeah, yeah. but uh, he pointed away, which was yeah. I remember now. They, he pointed away. I was like, "What are you doing?" He put he put it back into Sean Watson's hands, and Sean Watson just kind of 
and the Carlos side ate their defense mm. uh, and kind of just sealed the deal. And I think there was about four minutes left. Perfect four-man offense. Uh, yeah. Ran play action when they had to. Uh, used, utilized a quick pass game when they needed to. I think uh, D-Hop picked up a very big uh, fourth down where he fought for a good three or four yards to get the, mm. to get the first down. And Oakland's it. I say this: ten, the Texans are a borderline playoff team. I don't, I, I don't know if they make it if they don't win the division. Because mm-hmm. uh, well, is all their I think all their losses are to AFC teams. Uh, no, they have two losses to AFC teams. So, yeah, it hurts you like that when you have two losses, especially uh, one in your division to Indianapolis. Uh. Oakland, I don't know if they're there yet, but the Texans need to start winning these AFC games. If they don't win these AFC games, I think they might be might miss the might miss the wild card by one game or two, just because, or just might miss a tiebreaker because they don't have enough AFC wins. Mm. Uh, winning conference games is the most important thing when you can do you can do in a what when you're trying to shoot for a wild card situation. Uh, it's kind of like the uh, we'll go to the Bears game this week. That Chargers loss, it, it's bad. Mm. It's a bad loss, but in all reality, it doesn't hurt you at all. You can go uh, ten and six, and say you have five NFC wins, and the other team got four. You make it into the playoffs if you don't. If there's no tie, if there's no like head-to-head tiebreaker, yeah. they go by conference wins. Mm. Uh, they need this game. They're able to come back and win it because three losses to AFC opponents hurts you this uh, in this stage of the season because it kind of forces you to win the rest of the way almost, or to force you to win your division. And I don't see Indianapolis laying up the division yet. Yet, you know, it's a tough division. I don't see them losing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I think it's a big win and an important win by uh, Houston here. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I, I think. I'll say this about the Raiders. I think the Raiders are a team that I didn't think were going to be very good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've proven me wrong. I think they compete. I mean, shoot, they beat the Colts. I mean, they beat the Bears. Yeah. They just about beat the Texans if it wasn't for the heroics of Deshaun Watson. This team is this is a good team. Yeah, they're, it's good. They play hard. They come out. They're well coached. Mm-hmm. I think uh, John Gruden has done a pretty good job. I'm not going to say anything groundbreaking, but I think but. he's done a pretty good job with the players they've had. Josh Jacobs has been sensational mm-hmm. um, as a rookie this year, in my opinion. And, yeah, they, they've got some nice pieces to build upon for the future. I don't know if they're a playoff team or any of that this year. But they're a team that I look at that says, like, if they got a couple more pieces, they got a couple more difference makers, maybe on offense or defense, this team could push to be in the playoffs next year or the year after. Yeah. Like, they're not super far off, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But for the Texans, I mean, the loss of J.J. Watt is huge, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, like, yeah. they don't have J- uh, Jadavion Clown anymore. Now with J.J. Watt out again, man, he's just, he just, he you know, he's just, Getting up there, and once you start getting all the injuries that he's had, like more injuries are just going to continue to happen. Uh, I mean, it's not like you get healthier after you get injured the way he's been. So <clears throat> I hope he, you know, hope he recovers fast and gets back out to playing. But his absence is going to be hugely missed on that defense. Yeah. Yes, they've got some guys that can play and that are and that are good and that are um, solid players, but they don't have any game records anymore on that defense. 
J.J. Watt was that guy that could make a difference and win you a football game on the defense. Yeah. When they're facing the Colts, whose offensive line is already shown to be very dominant, you're going to need a guy like J.J. Watt who can cause havoc. Mm-hmm. They don't got that anymore. They've got solid pieces that can rush the passer. Solid run stoppers. They don't got a JJ Watt anymore. Mm-hmm. So compete for this uh, for this division to, which I still think they very much have a chance to um, win this division because who knows what the Colts are going to happen if if their offense sputters like you know like the way they did against the Denver Broncos defense, they could lose games. Or if they play the way they did against the Raiders, they could lose games that they're not supposed to and really put themselves in a bad position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, again, great great comeback by the Texans. Uh, yeah. Deshaun Watson is absolutely incredible. I mean, getting kicked in the face, and I know some people are like, you know, people throw a pass all the time, probably wincing and not looking. Yeah. But, I mean, to literally get kicked in the eye, adjust your helmet while you're falling, and and they catch your balance and make a throw for a touchdown uh, was just insane. Yeah. And, um, he's he, – he, I love Deshaun Watson coming out of college. Um, yeah, he's not, I, I, th- I thought he was like the uh, real. I thought he was like the next great quarterback. And granted, they don't really give him much help on the Texans as far as like protecting him and whatnot, which kind of wish they would. Like you hurt me here, pr- Houston. Protect the guy. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. But um, you know. But I mean, I love Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I mean, he's. Just, I mean, it sucks that you know me being a Colts fan. Me being embarrassed. T- me being embarrassed. I could have had him. Yeah, so yeah, the Bears should have picked him, but yeah. you know, having to play him twice a year. I mean, he's he's. I mean, I I think Deshaun Watson will win at least one, if not two, Super Bowls by the time he's done. I think he's that special of a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, yeah, I don't like the Texans, but Deshaun Watson's a guy I root for. I mean, when when you can make plays the way he does mm-hmm. on a consistent basis and literally carries the team on his back, uh, it's just very impressive to me. Yeah. Uh, Kind of made a mistake there. Uh, Texans had one, have one AFC loss, but that that comes in handy though when you have uh, Colts who have two AFC losses right now. So I just want to say that they have one AFC loss, but it does come in handy if they have a tiebreaker. If they win that next game against Indianapolis, and it comes out to end of the season, both of them are ten six tiebreakers against each other. They're same in the division. That AFC count is very important. So mm-hmm. uh, just want to clarify that. Uh, kind of messed up there, but. Uh, we'll move on to Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Bay mm-hmm. at Kansas City. So, yeah, that was a game. And guess what happened? No Pat Mahomes. I don't yeah. think anybody saw this at the beginning of the season. But I'll, I'll give it to Kansas City. With a backup quarterback and Matt Moore, they were able to keep up against a very solid defense in uh, mm. Green Bay. And I was very uh, surprised that... Uh, the way the Chiefs' defense started out in this game, mm. they held their own for the rest of it. Uh, in my opinion, I think they played pretty well. Uh, and it just it's hard to stop Aaron Rodgers when he's on his game. And he was he was on his game this yeah. game. Yeah. So, it's uh, it's not it's a not a bad loss because Kansas City's running away with, is going to run away with this, this division. Uh, they can win this division at 7-9. They can sit Pat Mahomes the rest of the season. Wins division at seven to nine, and yeah, they're not going to. I know, but they could theoretically. Maybe Oakland sneaks up, and yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I don't but, know. Uh, but they could probably win this at eight and eight, maybe. Uh, but I, the, I think they. The, I don't see the Chargers getting eight wins. Here's the thing, though. Yeah, 
you know, yeah, like, they're not going to sit Pat Mahomes, nor should they sit if he's healthy. Yeah. But here's what happens is if they fall into being a three or four seed in the playoffs and they don't have home field advantage and then you're having to go I would, play in New England well, or in Indianapolis or what's the other comp? What's the other I know. I, but I like some reason though. Like I'm in Baltimore. Well, this is I guess my psyche though. Like I like I like playing somebody at their home, in a sense where like I feel like if you're at your home, the pressure's on you to succeed to do all that. And we kind of seen uh, New England kind of falter a little bit at home, and kind of like the first half of their AFC championships, like going back to Jacksonville. I think is a key example. Uh, they kind of faltered a little bit. They got played tough. They got played physical. I mean, the only thing I'll say to that is, like, that that Jaguars defense was special. Yeah, like, that's that what, was special. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, I mean, the Patriots are historically, I mean, they never, well, they pretty much never I'll, lose at home. You I'll, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I will say this, though. It does, it is uh, hard for everybody to play in the code. Yes, it has, it has, it, it's, uh, Great to get repetition in that cold weather games like New England has for or Tom Brady has for twenty years, mm. but it still affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and New England has a lot of new faces on that team this year. They haven't experienced that cold weather uh, in New England, so I think maybe maybe this year. I don't know if I'm just talking crazy talk. This could be a year where New England might lose the AFC Championship at home. Uh, I mean, th- yeah, anything can happen. Yeah. I mean, every dog has their day. Everybody, you know, every team. But we still gotta get there, though. You know, has their decline. But yeah, I, uh, New England. I think it's in their hard part of the schedule. I want to say, or a decently hard part. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. But, but yeah, that's yeah. gonna be a pretty that's interesting a decent, game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and it could end up in Baltimore for all we know. The Baltimore could be that surprise thing that pops up. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I think that maybe wraps it up uh, with the recap. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll just say, like, yeah. you know, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm impressed with the Chiefs, the way they they were able to hang in there yeah. with a very good Green Bay team. I mean, a team that has played very good defense. Mm-hmm. They've got guys that have stepped up and, and been playing uh, incredible this season. The offensive side of the ball for the Packers, Aaron Jones, is just every week. Yeah, I know he had a bad game, what, a couple, what two weeks ago or whatever against the Lions. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to fault the guy for having one bad game. He, week in, week out, consistently shows up and mm-hmm. just scores touchdowns. Yeah. He, I mean, he's getting open. Okay. He's he's running the ball very effectively. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, when Aaron Rodgers says screw it and turns it on and becomes Aaron Rodgers, like, he's the best quarterback I'll, to ever play the game. I will give it to Matt LaFleur here or our, or Aaron Rodgers. It's hard to, it's hard to pick between you. We have a great quarterback and a um, – up and coming coach that you don't know really much about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to choose which who chose this game plan, but I'll give both of them props. I'll give both of them props. They attacked those linebackers in the passing yeah. game. I mean, it's Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur is you know he's the coach. He's the one dialing up everything. He's the one making the game plan. But I mean, I would assume you know him and Rogers definitely collaborate yeah, on certain yeah. things. Yeah, I was. Uh, well, you had Jones who had seven receptions, Graham and. Uh, uh, Jamal is it Jamal Williams. Yeah, Jamal Williams who had three receptions, both each, uh, and three touchdowns for the running backs uh, in the passing game. So they knew what they were going to do. They they wanted to attack the uh, linebackers in the passing game, mm-hmm. and it proved to work out. Uh, and it, and that may be a 
thing going forward for other teams uh, against Kansas City. If their linebackers can't cover the pass game, especially against New England and what their running backs have to do, like a Rex Burkhead or a James White, very good receiving backs, that uh, might not prove good for uh, Kansas City. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, we'll move on to our uh, mid-season, mid-season awards. awards or half-season awards, if you're like me and you call it half-season. But uh, think anyone does. There's one person out there, so we'll uh, so we'll get that started. So, who is your? We'll start with coach of the year. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll work our way up. And I have Kyle Shanahan. I think he's done an absolutely incredible job uh, with this team, mm-hmm. getting them to seven and zero, getting them to be the favorites in the NFC right now to get to the Super Bowl and possibly favorites to win the entire thing this season. Yeah. Um, just from what he's done, and you know, I know we talked about it earlier, but from what he's done in the run game to what he's been able to do and scheme up with Jimmy G in the pass game, um, and just the way he has different blocking assignments and in, in, in the run game and, and pulls different people, and just the way he sets everything up and the way it just works is just beautiful. And mm-hmm. he's out, like I said earlier, he's out on a mission to prove that he can be one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and this year he's proven. He, I mean, he's he's just blowing my mind this year. I mean, he's incredible. Yeah, I had him too. Uh, originally I had Sean Payton down, but I was, I was kind of projecting almost in a sense because they have a head-to-head matchup. And right now I'm leaning towards uh, the Saints to win it because um, they're, they're just more proven, I mm-hmm. guess. But looking at it like up to this point and looking at it from – Right here in that projected, uh, Kyle Shanahan. I think it's definitely an 8-0. Uh, usually they don't tend to give to people who've proven themselves, like Bill Belichick, who, who should probably win it every year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, so, like the, it's like the NBA MVP. One guy should win it every single season, but it's based on stats. Yeah, so... And just like this, it's based on the new guy, who's who's new, who's flashy. Yeah, yeah and exactly Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, I think, fits that mold, and... I think Kyle Shane's going to be different from the rest of them. I think Doug Pierce and Matt Nagy have won the last two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, well, uh, Kyle Shanahan might be might break that mold and might actually break out from that rough, like the rough areas right there with uh, mm-hmm. Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy. Uh, I think he's going to be a very consistent, consistently really a good to great coach for a long time. So uh, we'll move to. Uh, you want to go rookies of the year or players of the yeah. year? Yeah, defense. Uh, so who's your defensive rookie of the year? I got Nick Bosa. Yeah, I have him too. Uh, seven sacks, uh, twenty total tackles, sixteen solo, uh, eleven forced fumbles, thirteen quarterback hits, eleven forced fumbles. I'm at my eleven tackles for loss. Okay. Yeah, I saw the uh, F there when I put the stat down. Uh, yeah, eleven tackles for loss, uh, thirteen quarterback hits. He has one of each. Uh, forced fumble. Uh, fumble recovery and an interception. Yeah. Balling. And the reason I don't have him as defensive player of the year, which I was tempted to put, is because he's a rookie. Mm. They're just going to give him the rookie of the year and put and give someone else the defensive player of the year. So, uh, just because he's a rookie, he's here, but in all reality, he's probably my top of the list of maybe win a defensive player of the year, too. Yeah. He's, been, he's phenomenal this year. Yeah, he's... I think he's better than Joey Bosa. I mean, he's just, he's just yeah. special, man. Like, he just has a knack for being a game wrecker. I mean, he can just he. 
I don't even know how to put it. Like, I was talking to somebody that pretty much said, like, Joey Bosa is very good, but a lot of the way he gets sacks and the way he's going to make differences are based off of stunts. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa can wreck games completely by himself, one-on-one matchups, just obliterating your left or right tackle, whichever yeah. he's going up against. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a freak athlete, super explosive, um, just very strong. And you just see the impact that once he got healthy and once he's been in this in this starting lineup full-time, the impact he's really had on this team. Um, and I agree with you. If it were realistic and we actually picked who was the best player f- for whatever, mm-hmm. he would be my defensive player of the year. But yeah. they're not going to, so. Yeah, it's, yeah. so we're going to do it kind of what, how they did it, but up to a point. So we'll – Nick Bosa for both of us. So, mm-hmm. uh, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, I think we might differ on this. Okay. Uh, I got Terry McLaurin. Okay. Uh, Twenty-eight receptions, uh, four hundred uh, fifty-eight yards, uh, five touchdowns, and uh, sixteen yards. Uh, I think per catch. Okay. I want to say so. He's uh, he's uh, balling out there this year, and he's the really only target. In a targetless, uh, with a targetless, uh, targetless team in uh, Washington, where they don't have that many targets, and he's the one consistently doing stuff. And as a rookie, he he's shown a very good route running ability, has yeah. shown a knack to know where zones are and sit down in those zones. And he showed, and he has a elite speed at four three to burn the defense that we've seen in the Philadelphia game, the first game of the season. He was mm. able to burn defenses. He's going to be a special player, and if Haskins can develop into what uh, people thought uh, he was going to, I don't think there's no way of stopping those two. Yeah. If, uh, especially with the way Haskins develops into it. But Terry mm. McLaurin, I think, has had a better year so far up to this point mm. than any other rookie offensive rookie this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my offensive rookie of the year is Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 620 yards rushing, four rushing touchdowns. Uh, five yards per carry, 11 receptions, 102 yards receiving. I think he's just done a phenomenal job this year. Um, he has been, in my opinion, when the Raiders are clicking, the Raiders' offense looks really uh, really good and really efficient. It's because Josh Jacobs has the ball and is making things happen. Uh, he's super explosive. He has great vision. Uh, he's um, deceptively strong for being such a small guy. And he just runs hard, man. I, I just yeah. really love the way he plays football. Um, I really like his fit there in Oakland yeah. and what he brings to that team. Yeah. And, you know, as long as, you know, that's with everybody. But as long as he stays healthy and just continues to grow upon what he's already doing, this the sky's the limit for him. I mean, he's got some special abilities about him. Yeah, yeah. Agree with you on that one. Uh, he, was, he was my close second. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kyler right behind him, but... I, I I like what Terry McLaurin brings. Yeah, he's, yeah, I think Terry McLaurin's been and he's missed one game very too. Good, especially with Case Keenum as uh, yeah. as his quarterback and Dwayne Haskins coming in there um, from time to time. Like I think he's done a great job. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to defensive play of the year. All right. Uh, who do you have? So mine is Miles Garrett. Who's your? Is that yours? No, it's All right. So mine is Miles Garrett. Ten sacks, two forced fumbles. Uh, 24 total tackles, 10 tackles for loss, 13 QB hits. Uh, Miles Garrett, again, he's he's another guy. It's just a game record. He's a freak. 
in all sense of the word uh, of what a freak really is. In my opinion, what the Browns do well, if they're going to win a game, if they're keeping it close, it's because this defense is playing at a high level, which they are very capable of because they've got guys everywhere. And it all starts with Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett makes his defense, he makes his team go. If the Browns want to have any type of success this season, it's going to be because he is wrecking games, he's causing chaos, he's giving his offense a chance to score points and take the lead or preventing good offenses from doing what they like to do best. Uh, Miles Garrett right now for me uh, is just making the biggest impact on his team. Yeah. Uh, uh, defensively, um, outside of a guy in, in Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mine is uh, Stephon Gilmore. Okay. Uh, I think it comes down to, for me, is he's the best player on the best defense in football? I think it's just I don't think there's any way of working around it. Uh, the Bills let go of him. I don't know why did you they trade. trade him, why right? did you trade in division? I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, that's like the honestly, one thing. That's like I don't the cardinal think they rule. thought they were going to be good. I think it's like the cardinal rule of like just trading because just the, just in the chance you become good in that short period of time. Yeah. Don't trade in your division. Yeah. I just I don't. I don't what they were doing, but uh, yeah, so Stefan Gilmore three interceptions already, 10 pass deflections, he has 26 total tackles, 21 solo, uh, and then 51% completion percentage when targeted. So uh, that probably goes up when people were just running short routes and during uh, doing like a little garbage time stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think there's like, I don't, this defense is unbelievable. Uh, yes, they played some of the worst offenses you could possibly play. Uh, they faced a pretty good offense in uh, in Cleveland. Yes, they're not clicking at all, but they got players on that offense, and they shut them down. Mm. Uh, the road test is next week. We'll see how they do against Baltimore because Baltimore has an identity. Uh, what they like to do, they like to run the football, and then Lamar is a game breaker as well, in my opinion. Then he can he can just uh, dominate the game with his legs and with passing. We'll see how they fare against that, but as of now, before that week, mm. Stephon Gilmore is my defense player of the year, best player on the best defense, and he's played phenomenal too. Just like he leads that charge, yeah, of that defense. So we'll go we'll with the uh, offensive player of the year, uh, Christian McCaffrey. There you got. No, no, no. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, Christian McCaffrey for me is the offensive player of the year. Seven hundred and thirty-five yards rushing. Eight rushing touchdowns, 5.2 yards per carry, 39 uh, receptions, 343 yards receiving, and two receiving touchdowns. He's averaging like 100 and was it like 155, 156 uh, total yards per game, uh, which is just insane. He's you know he's on pace or um, right now to rush for over 1,600 yards, and uh, well, I think it's like anywhere. I think it's in. In the ballpark of like 850 to like 900 yards receiving, mm-hmm. uh, which is just insane. And for him to be the guy on that offense that everyone knows he's getting the ball, everyone knows they're running mm-hmm. through him, everyone knows he is the reason they're going to win and still not be able to stop him shows you how special he is. Saquon Barkley is my best running back in the NFL, bar none. Number two behind him right now is Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is doing everything by himself, um, and that's no dig on Kyle Allen or any of the other guys they have. 
But Christian McCaffrey is a special cat. Mm-hmm. He's explosive. He's fast. I mean, he's got amazing hands. He's a great route runner. Um, he's just a matchup problem for almost every single player in the NFL and what he's able to do. And he's just having an absolute, uh, absolutely special season this year. And I'm very excited to see what he continues to do um, because for me it's been really fun to like tune in and, and to watch these Panthers games solely just to see what he's capable of doing. Yeah, uh, we kind of seen like the only two games, like or three games that he got stopped in, were two losses. Uh, this is me kind of ho- uh, going on with it, but uh, 49ers, he got he kind of got stopped for the majority of that, and then garbage time stuff, he got yards after it. Hmm. Uh, both the Buccaneers games, he got stopped. The second one in London, Jameis played like Jameis in that, and yeah. Buccaneers probably should have won that game, so... Uh yeah, like you said, I agree with you. He's probably like he's he he runs the whole offense. Yeah. But my offense player of the year is Lamar Jackson. Um he's on pace right now to throw for 32 uh, uh 3200 yards. Uh have 22 touchdowns. So he'll probably have more than that. He mm-hmm. has 11 touchdowns now, but he'll probably have more. He has five interceptions, 63% completion percentage. I think that's almost like ten percent jump or close to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. from last year, from last year, ninety four point one rate QB, uh, quarterback rating, five hundred seventy six yards rushing and three touchdowns. He's on pace to have 3,200 3, yards uh, passing and close to eleven hundred yards, maybe uh, rushing, and maybe probably close to like 35, 30 to thirty five touchdowns on the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's a uh, He's been, he's just been balling on a, and, and on a great team as well. So uh, really not more. I just he's a game breaker, and I'm excited to see that New England game next week yeah. against them. So, Nagri, yeah. Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's that's another guy for me. I was thinking of as well. I mean, yeah. just a special player. Yeah, um, what he can do all around on the offense, and and the the amount of people that hated on him and said he was going to be garbage, said he wasn't a quarterback. It's just. It's, I it, think it's, it's ridiculous. Just so stupid. But. Yeah. So uh, I'm on to MVP. Yeah. And I'll go with my MVP because he was your office player of the year. Right. I got Christian McCaffrey as MVP this year. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's on he's on pace to have like 21, 2200 yards total from scrimmage. He's on pace to have around 14, 1500 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have 16 touchdowns. Uh. He was split there, and he is on pace to have around like 700 yards receiving and four touchdowns with uh, 80 receptions. Does everything for the team, like you, like whatever, you, right, whatever you said there, and everything. Uh, yeah, that, that's not the way. I, I can't <laughs> think of a better word to come out besides whatever. But uh, everything, everything. There we go. That's the word. Everything you said there. Uh, he. Uh, he does. He does everything for the team. It's nobody's more important on on a team than Christian McCaffrey at the moment. I'm sorry, but you could probably plug and play Jared Stenham in New England, and maybe they go eight and eight with that defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm just saying, like you, what you brought the stat up. If they don't, uh, if they uh, what, is, what if they don't have an offense, so like three, three and one, if the offense didn't take the field. Yeah, it was before the Browns game. If the Patriots defense 
had never taken the or if the Patriots offense had never taken a single snap and never went on the field, the Patriots would still be three three and one. Yeah. Like that's how dominant their defense has been. Yeah, so I think that says a lot that uh of what Christian McCaffrey's doing right now. Yeah. Uh he runs this team. He runs the team and I think the team's gonna be a playoff team. That's why I have him as M V P. If I didn't think the team was gonna be a playoff team, I would have put maybe your M V P and Russell Wilson. Uh I don't know yet, but that's who I would have put there. But I think they're going to be a playoff team this year, and I think it's because it's going to be because of him. Okay. So my MVP, Russell Wilson, it's Aaron Rodgers. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> I know you don't like it. Uh, I know you hate the Packers. I know you hate Aaron Rodgers. I, 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 I just as a Bears fan, I think Russell plays. I think Russell's played better, but it's subjective. I'm a Bears fan, so. Okay. Um, uh, I I think Aaron Rodgers is especially over the past couple of games is absolutely on fire, and you see the difference when he's playing at the level he's playing at, and then the rest of the team is playing at the level they're playing at. This is one of the best teams in football, in my opinion. They're absolutely scary. I trust Aaron Rodgers over just about any quarterback in the NFL, and people can say what they want about him not being clutch and him only winning one Super Bowl and this and that, but. Yeah, he's had freaking Mike McCarthy as his head coach. V- pretty awful defenses his whole stint. Um, and yet we never get criticized Drew Brees for missing the playoffs and things like that. So, I, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is, I mean, he's just playing absolutely phenomenal this year. 65% completion percentage, 2,324 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, only two interceptions, 106.7 quarterback rating, uh, one fourth quarter comeback. And then two game-winning drives. He's just, he's on fire. Um, He is the Aaron Rodgers that we are used to seeing, making incredible throws that only him and, I I can't even say a handful of people could make. I mean, really him, maybe Patrick Mahomes, maybe. um, Maybe Russell Wilson. I mean, he's just, I think he's playing at a different level this year, and I think it's because I think you see it on his face. It's because he's actually happy. He's actually enjoying the team that he's around, the coach that he's under. I think when, I think that seeing this within Aaron Rodgers, you see this kind of like this almost like kid-like joy that you kind of see after games and post-game interviews and things like that. To me, that tells me like Aaron Rodgers is ready to like yeah. go the distance for this team to put yeah. everything on the line to win now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if he continues to play the way he's playing, he's MVP for me. Yeah, uh, well, you have to look at the last two years he was injured. But the previous three years before that, NFC Championship, lost to Seattle. Uh, NFC Division round had that probably one of the best games of all time against Arizona. Uh, those are two Hail Marys. And then Larry mm-hmm. Fitzgerald has that amazing play, uh, Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald. And the year after, go to the NFC Championship and get destroyed by Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, so he's made yeah, less, I mean, he's one. played a full season last two out of three he's made the MC championships yeah. and, and, and got close on the on another one mm. uh was really one Larry Fitzgerald play away from getting there so yeah yeah uh, well you can minus the Hail Marys too but he was close to it and this team is probably destined to be an NFC championship I don't know Super Bowl but maybe NFC championship yeah uh so I think that wraps it up all right, well, uh, we appreciate you guys listening to our recap of Week 8, our midseason awards and things like that. 
we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Where can they find you at? Uh, underscore Sparky underscore four. And then you can find me at VarsityGinger55, and that's on Instagram and Twitter for both of us. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, y'all. Peace. See ya.